Hello, and welcome to Inclusionomics, a podcast that provides tools to all women who are challenged with finding or having access to positions of power. We help you navigate the path to being seen, being heard, and being included. Everyone is welcome here. It is an inclusion podcast after all, and we hope that you're here for all of that. Your hosts today are Stacey Gordon, Thiele Thatch, and Lisa Gaze, me. And today we're going to get to know Thiele a little bit better. So Thiele, what do you want listeners to know about you? Thanks for asking, Stacey. The main thing I want people to know about me is that I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a grandmom, and um, I'm a family person in general. And I, I definitely wanted to share that because as women in the workplace, we don't get to celebrate that as often as we should. And I get a lot of people who ask me if I if I'm married and if I have a partner. And I think it's so important especially for younger women and younger people coming up to understand that you can have a relationship, you can have a successful marriage and family while you're pursuing things that you love and pursuing your career. So that's the main thing I would want people to know about me and even ask me, like, how have you kept your marriage alive for 22 years? Because there were times um, in my career where I didn't think that was possible. So Lately, uh, after a lot of reflection, I definitely want to start with that. And then the second thing, I'm a hard worker. I have been in human resources for over 20 years. And I've reflected on this a lot that, you know, over these 20 years in human resources, I have touched and hired and oh, maybe I should rephrase that because I didn't touch people. I mean, touch the lives. <laughs> uh, I didn't touch anybody in HR. We don't want you to have to do an apology video. I didn't touch That's them. I touched them uh, with consent. <laughs> Practice consent, people. But I have touched the lives of thousands of people who have come into the workplace through employee relations, counseling, um, even helping them get jobs. And some people who may have not have typically been considered for opportunities, giving these people an opportunity to have a job. So another thing about me is I am unapologetically for black and brown people getting jobs and making sure that um, we support policies that allow people who typically are marginalized or not considered um, that they get an opportunity. So as an HR person, I've been, I'd like to think, uh, I've been known for that and just, the, you know, really fighting for the underdog. So, yes. Well, so I'll ask this question, which is that a lot of people will say HR can be boring, right? But you have had some really interesting HR stories. Would you mind sharing an HR story with us? The first HR story that came to mind when you said that was um, in the past year or two, we have legalized marijuana in California. So I had a few situations where I had to hold specific meetings just to make sure employees knew that no, that does not mean you smoke marijuana in the workplace during jobs. <laughs> <during the> job. <laughs> so just that was always interesting. But one particular story 
was when I was working for the festival division of a company. And it was a really cool festival people were doing around electronic dance music. And I remember hiring literally like 300 people in one day. And some of the people came in with their medicinal marijuana cards as ID. And I'm like, um, this is not a form of regular ID. And I know that sounds really nerdy and corny, but there's certain ID that you bring with you to a job. And I just, I remember just having this conversation, like literally having a conversation like I'm having with you, trying to explain to them that, and they're arguing with me that now that marijuana is legal, that this is now a legitimate form of ID <laughs> to get a job is their prescription medicine, medicinal marijuana card. So, yeah, that's that. And then, you know, people who have come in on heroin, um, I've definitely helped people through rehab programs. And those are, you know, that was just everyday stuff, really. And um, I have lots of Interesting how we interpret the law, right? (laughs) How we're suddenly all like lawyers and judges. Right, right. Yeah, I know my rights. I got (laughs) my medicinal marijuana card. Well, as we're including all of the potheads at work... (laughs) Yeah. Hey, nothing against potheads. Let me ask you, what does inclusionomics mean to you, Elay? Now, inclusionomics to me, when I think of the nomics and inclusion and inclusionomics, um, it's really, I think about the science of inclusionomics. And so for me, it's an opportunity to have qualitative data, which is what I hope that we will secure during our times to be able to measure and look at what is or what are some of the solutions to really bring authentic inclusion into the workplaces. So what as a contributor, an individual contributor, and you are in the workplace, you have your executives and people, the powers that be telling you what inclusion and diversity is. Well, to me, inclusionomics is those people, those 90% of the actual workers within the company telling us what diversity and inclusion and belonging and equity, what that is, and then taking that information and measuring it and taking their thoughts and their opinions and even ours, you know, on this, during this time um, and and measuring it and really getting turned on the omics, the nomics to me is the science of it, the science of taking qualitative data, but what, is important is where we're getting the qualitative data from real people with real experiences. And what do you, what do you hope the impact of that kind of information and research and data will be on people's lives, but also on, I guess, bottom lines? Yeah. I hope the impact will be that people feel heard. I hope the impact will be that they will feel empowered to look for organizations that truly support inclusion and they know what that looks like. So you may have an organization, which you know we've all worked for organizations at some point that say they support diversity and inclusion. And I know there were times in my career, I didn't know what that looked like, but hopefully by uh, focusing on inclusionomics and the study in science and the data within inclusionomics, they'll, they'll be able to recognize it. Oh, this is really not inclusion. This says it's inclusion, but it is not inclusion. So that is what um, I am hoping that people will be able to and also challenge the status quo and, and say that out loud and say this is what inclusion means to me and what Can I'm Can you expecting. give me an example of that? Like, 
what we think of inclusion not really being inclusion? Definitely. So the biggest example I could think of is lately um, we've seen reports from Google and other companies that although we've talked about inclusion since literally the 1960s with the civil rights movement, we haven't really seen any movement in terms of gender and race and ethnicity roles in the, you know, being included in the workplace. And so, of course, we have programs that say they are inclusion, but the true test of inclusion is that people are included and they have an opportunity to um, be a part of the managerial staff or executive staff. They're receiving promotions. They're included in conversations and real decision-making opportunities. So you see this a lot now in organizations where uh, to some organizations, inclusion means we hired you. But inclusion is not just as Verne Myers, who I definitely give her uh, props for this quote, inclusion is not just being invited to the party. That's diversity. But inclusion is being asked to dance at the party. And so we've all felt the times where you couldn't dance. And then I'll, I'll give it to Farzana for belonging is when you're at the party and you can dance like no one's watching. So you can be yourself. So yeah. if you're at, if you're invited in and you're, but you're, you know, you only can make $15 an hour for 15 years and you never get an opportunity to make more money. Um, then most likely you're not being included into the overall performance measurements of that company. And then let's say you, do get promoted, but you have to cover at work and you can't be yourself at work, then you're not really feeling the belonging within the organization. So yes, I want and hope that through this um, information that people are like, oh, okay, so I'm not really, you know, belonging here because we've tried so hard and I, I've experienced it numerous times where you try so hard to fit in and so hard to belong. And it's just not the culture that you, you'll never fit in or belong into. So, hmm. Okay. No. Well, so Do I get a soapbox or something? I know. Like that. <laughs> and, and, and furthermore. <laughs> so one last question for you, Thiele, so that yes. our audience can get to know you a little bit more. What would you say drives you? Oh my goodness. So I have a 29-year-old, a 26-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 9-year-old grandson. And honestly, what drives me is that oh, when I'm dead and gone, we are not having this conversation. That we, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, like Martin Luther King, I've seen the mountaintop, right? I really hope that the work we're doing today will be ancient history for my grandson, that people will feel included in their workspaces, that this will be common talk, that this will be the norm, this, that what we're talking about will be abnormal. That this, the same way cigarettes were normal in the workplace, that it will be abnormal to now smell cigarettes in the workplace, that it would be abnormal that I'm talking about gender and race and ethnicity and people with disabilities being treated fairly in the workplace. So that drives me every day. Um, and I do it for my family. I do it for my children. I do it for people that I've supported as an HR professional. I do it for them because, you know, somebody has to do it truthfully. And I think I, I was designed to do it. 
Definitely. And that's why we <laughs> love having you as part of one of our hosts on this podcast. And so we thank you, Thiele. We hope that uh, this will help our listeners get to know a little bit more about you. And so um, please do listen in to the other two podcasts as well, talking about our other hosts. So again, thank, thank you, Thiele. I can't wait. have been listening to Inclusionomics with Lisa Gates, Thiele Thatch, and Stacey Gordon. Visit inclusionomics.net to subscribe and download.